1: ny or text hope ny in new york
2: welcome back to the wolverine.com podcast the video edition this is john borton i'm here with uh one of our all-time best guests that would be brian bush you know him from michigan basketball broadcast as your play-by-play man he's also a uh an integral part of the michigan football radio team and brian welcome back to the podcast first of all
3: Always good to be here. Happy New Year, John.
2: Happy New Year, and it has been a new year full of news and developments, and we want to touch on a lot of that today. First off, we're going to start out with a little bit of football. Uh, we've talked about the the Georgia game and all that, but coming out of that, there has been a rash of developments, and that includes head coach Jim Harbaugh. We know that uh, there's been some talk about nfl teams interested in him uh we know that he's going to be talking with ward Manuel, michigan's ad what's uh what's your gut feeling on all of this in terms of he he reaches this high level he he wins the big 10 he gets to uh mostly where michigan wants to be i'm sure they'd like to take the next step in the future but now everybody comes calling again i've said Hey, this is—it's a good thing when you're once again in demand from the NFL. Uh, at the same time, you certainly want to see him stick around here and uh, and continue what Michigan did this past season.
3: Yeah, I, I think two main takeaways. Number one, you know, when you have success, when you win 12 games, when you get the Big Ten championship—excuse <clears throat> me, back to Ann Arbor—you know, you, you're going to have these types of situations. You're going to have. Uh, assistant coaches who are going to draw interest from other schools, Uh, a a name like Jim Harbaugh is going to be floated out there. I'm not saying that any of the reporting about his interest is, is accurate or inaccurate. I think it's just a nature of the beast. What I do think is important is that normally these really, you know, potentially shocking moves on paper don't get reported beforehand and then actually happen all that often. When you have that truly shocking, Development that truly incredible. Wow, I didn't expect so and so to go here. It normally happens underneath some pretty significant uh, security, if you will, from a reporting standpoint. Uh, You operate in the dark, away from everything. That's why some reporters have have gone to uh, you know checking flights and stuff like that. Um, So, could he leave to go to the NFL? Sure. I mean, of course he could. Uh, He had great success in the NFL. Uh, there are plenty of teams in the NFL who who need a change as the head coach. Uh, but I think the tone, the excitement level, the passion that that coach Harbaugh showed down the stretch in the regular season uh, in the lead up to the orange bowl against Georgia. Uh, it's going to take, I think one heck of an opportunity for him to leave. I don't think it's one of those situations where, you know, Hey, uh, I'm just looking to try to get out. He, he's trying to build something. There was a, a real step forward here this season. Uh, and I think there's some real momentum. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if this is just, you know, hey, coach Harbaugh wants to get, you know, more, uh, you know, more stability with his staff, more opportunities there. Uh, of course, NIL is a big thing right now and trying to solidify how that all works. Uh, and those inner workings aren't going to get really reported on a whole lot. Um, but I, I think that is probably the crux. And, and remember, you know, Harbaugh doesn't have an agent, right? So, like, this is – I don't think this is a whole lot in the way of, of intricate, um, you know, planning and, and, you know, really secretive stuff. I, listen, I, I think he's uh, one of the most successful coaches to, to go from college to the NFL and vice versa. So he's going to draw interest uh, pretty much at any level that, that a, a big-time job comes open. Uh, this is just a byproduct of having a great season. And I think we would all take the rumors and the questions and the swirling of uh, January of 2022 versus January of 2021. I I sure know I
2: would. No question about it. It's absolutely uh, a better sign to have a coach who is in demand. And I think you're right. I agree with you. Uh, I think uh, more good things for Michigan football and being equipped and armed to go forward in a positive way are going to come out of this. And I think, uh, I don't my opinion something gets announced sometime next week maybe early next week but uh, we'll see how it develops either way uh I am I think that uh, Jim Harbaugh had a, a a breakthrough year for Michigan football this year and uh if he stays which I expect him to I think going forward they are going to be in uh, in better shape than they have been At any point under his direction thus far, I will say this uh, with Mike McDonald, I would expect to come back along with Jim Harbaugh. He's going to have his hands full because he's going to be redirecting a whole new uh, a whole new Michigan defense, basically, because you've had so many uh, so many guys leave and have before them NFL opportunities coming up.
3: Yeah, and this is the next step, right? It's one thing to have an awesome breakthrough season. Uh, we've seen that occasionally at the college football playoff, the, the Washingtons, this year the Cincinnati, though that was you know that was kind of a two year build. They just needed to, to prove that they were capable in year one. Uh, and, and now this is Michigan's. And the next step to taking this program where everyone wants it to be is to be able to reload. That's what Alabama, that's what Georgia, that's what Clemson, I mean, you know, Clemson had its worst year in almost a decade, and they still, you know, were uh, contending for the ACC down the stretch. This is what Ohio State has done in the last decade plus. You are able to replace incredible talent and great teams with even more incredible talent and still great teams. And that means you have to likely shuffle your staff because people are going to want to glean from from your staff the 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 greatness that was a 12 win big 10 championship season um but listen how many guys last year uh that that really weren't a whole big factor came in and excelled that is a good sign and a good development you think about you know guys like dj turner and junior colson and the hill green i mean there were names listen Yes, you're replacing the stars of the stars, no doubt. You're replacing Aiden Hutchinson, David Ojabo, Dax Hill, Josh Ross. I mean, those guys are legit. They're going to be huge losses. But the next step is, is having those guys who did fill in, who did help out uh, and, and assume bigger roles. Now they need to become the stars. And that's the true sign of a program that's really, truly humming along. So that's the next challenge. This was great. It was awesome. But now you have to do it again because, as you know, it's it's very much what have you done for me lately, which is why the discussion we were having around Coach Harbaugh this time last year is a heck of a lot different than it is this year.
2: No doubt about it. Uh, one last quick football question before we move to basketball. Who wins the rematch, Georgia or Alabama?
3: Man, you know, it's funny. I, right after that game – uh, in Miami, I'm, I'm talking with, uh, our engineer, Tony and, and, you know, Jim's walking in and out, finishing up his TV stuff. And I'm like, yeah, and no, I, I think Alabama will get him. It's just Alabama. But the more and more I think about it, uh, I think George is going to pull it off. Uh, I, you know, fortunately, uh, I, I don't, I'm not going to have any sort of, uh, you know, reputation, money, anything on that. Uh, I, I do not like betting against Nick Saban. But man, that Georgia team is just crazy loaded. And I've bought into the the mindset and to the theory that in Atlanta in early December, Georgia was only playing for basically a little extra on their championship ring, whereas Alabama was playing for its its season, its life. Uh, They're both playing for it all on Monday, so... I think it's going to be a good one. I know it's, you know, it's disappointing. Michigan's not there. And I know a lot of people are, are kind of sick of the SEC stuff, but you know, th- these are the two most talented teams in college football. I think it'll be a good game. I'll go out there and I'll say Georgia. Uh, they just, they, they, I think will have the motivation that they did not possess a little bit more than a month ago.
2: All right. You heard it here first. He's uh, got Georgia coming back. Who do you to- got, John? I'm, I'm with you. I'm with okay. you. I, I think that, uh, they are going to be highly motivated after that uh, SEC championship game. Uh, they didn't just get beat. They got, uh, they got smoked, and, and I think they're a better team than that. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm thinking that uh, the Bulldogs make the full comeback, And uh, but we'll get to see. We'll get to find out very soon, and we will get to find out very soon how Michigan basketball is going to react to some tough times of late. Uh, lost the other night at Rutgers, a short roster for the Wolverines for various reasons, and now on top of that, we are at that gauntlet that we talked about before, Michigan State and, uh, and Illinois next Friday with Purdue sandwiched in between. Uh, I, I think that Michigan would honestly – the way I'm looking at it now it would do well to win one of those games in the present situation. Your thoughts on what's ahead?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. What, what makes the non-conference showing uh, so difficult for this team is that they really minimize their margin for error. Um, it's one thing to play a, a difficult non-conference schedule. Uh, it's another thing to take advantage and win some of those games. And, and it's where, to me, the, the two that really got away uh, in, De- in, in November and December. One was the non-conference, the Seton Hall game. I really wonder how that team uh, would have benefited from just eking that one out. Uh, and then it's not a non-conference game, but the Minnesota one is is just really – Minnesota played out of their mind and Michigan couldn't handle it. And, and that's that's a tough one. Anytime you give up a home game in the Big Ten – Uh, you're going to be putting yourself behind the eight ball a little bit, but especially against Minnesota in terms of looking forward, you know, we don't know what this roster is going to look like uh, with, you know, a handful of guys in those, you know, health and safety protocols, but uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, Michigan state's really, really good. Purdue I think is better. Uh, That Illinois environment is going to be a hornet's nest because of what happened last year. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, Hunter Dickinson kind of asked for it. He wanted it. And, and that was where I, I I did, you know, there were a couple of takeaways from the Rutgers game for me. One is that Hunter really asserted himself. He, he kind of took it upon himself to say, you know what? I came back here. Uh, I, I did plenty of talking and deservedly so from last season, but you've got to be able to continue that. And, and he played his tail off. He kept Michigan in that game. I thought it was one of his best, you know, 25, 30 minute stretches with Michigan, just considering uh, the numbers were comparable to some of his games last season, but we've talked about this: how differently he's facing defenses this year versus last year because of, of Michigan's inability to, to, to really hit a whole lot in the way on the outside. I mean, it's just—I mean, he's he's going from algebra to calculus, uh, and it's and it's been a challenge for him. And he he asserted himself, um, but but ultimately they have to find a way to start slowing down teams from outside. They have to be able to hit some open shots when they get them. Uh, And and they got to be able to go and create a shot when times are tough. And and I thought they started to do that against Rutgers offensively, but then the defensive issue and and just Rutgers hitting a big shot happened. It's why I'm excited about this, this game beyond just it being Michigan, Michigan State, right? This is an opportunity for Michigan to really change the course of this season. Uh, if they do go 0-3 during this stretch, which, hey, I mean, you can go 0-3 against almost any stretch in the Big Ten, just how it goes. That's going to be difficult to overcome. But if you can win this game on Saturday, I mean, that that would be one heck of a boost. And I, I think this team needs that injection of confidence because, listen, you can work on stuff as much as you can. And, and I think the, the tail of this Michigan basketball season has been, as they've improved some things, other issues have popped up, but if they can have it all come together in a great environment against a rival and get a victory, I think that at least gives you hope that, yeah, this 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 team's probably not going to be ranked number six in the country again this season unless they go on an NCAA tournament run, but it can give you hope that this team can really flip the script uh, and take advantage of the many quad one opportunities that the Big Ten schedule offers them.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, you know that uh, Michigan will be fired up to take on Michigan State. The question is, will it be equipped to do so? There's got to be, you named them, you anticipated my next question in terms of, of what they need to do differently. You mentioned several uh, aspects of it. Uh, they have to defend better. They have to they have to make more shots than they've been making. It went from missing uh, missing threes to uh, to missing a lot of point-blank shots at Rutgers and that can't happen in a game against Michigan State you know that Tom Izzo when he has a chance to bury Michigan he likes nothing better than to uh to put that big margin up give me a couple of uh, put a finer point on a couple of the things that, that Michigan will have to do dramatically different to uh to have that Michigan State game going right down to the wire
0: uh,
3: I think first things first, they've got to find a way to be somewhat equal from the three-point line. Michigan State shoots threes well, defends threes well. Michigan has not done either this season. If you can keep that, Michigan doesn't even have to win that battle. But statistically, the Spartans are favored to dominate that on Saturday. If Michigan can keep that at bay, and I would, I would kill for uh, both teams being equal from the three-point line. The second thing is, I, I think they really one area where they have improved is is they're not turning the ball over nearly as much. And Michigan State, the the one big flaw that I've seen and that bears out statistically is that they they are willing and able to cough the cough the uh, cough the basketball up. If they can take advantage of that and create some easy looks and take advantage of it, I mean on Tuesday, man. Eli Brooks is the savior of this team so far. If he wasn't here, this would be – there'd be a lot of problems with this with this ball club moving forward. But he missed, I think, three point-blank layups. And that's just not going to be your night if Eli, who doesn't do that, he doesn't make many mistakes, if he's missing three point-blank layups. Uh, but, but Michigan has an opportunity to take advantage of some of those turnover issues for Michigan State and in a game like this. Where emotion is going to be so critical, the crowd's going to be into it. Uh, if Michigan can have a few of those and, and and take advantage with a few easy buckets on the other end, man, hit hit some dunks. Let's let's have some fun with this. Like really bring the crowd into it. I think that can go a long way. Uh, Michigan's more than capable of winning this game, and and I think you know they th- this should be a, a really interesting one because it's a chance for for Michigan to stabilize, and it's a chance for Michigan State to really assert itself as, as a legitimate, maybe Big Ten favorite. Uh, if they can come in here and get a win, they'd be 5-0 and in the league, and, and there'd be a lot of momentum on their side. So uh, this is a big one for the course of, of both team seasons. Uh, and consider the fact that this is the first time that, that this rivalry has fans at a game since February of 2020. Uh, it, it's going to have some real juice. Uh, and, and if Michigan can do those two things, they got a real shot.
2: You mentioned Eli Brooks, and certainly you have to, regardless of your status on the team, you you, you can't be making uh, missing layups uh, like the other night. But I, I see this as uh, somewhat a function, not the layups, but uh, just the maybe the pressure he's feeling overall. Uh, a year ago, he was, what, the fourth option in this offense? Now he's probably number two uh do you think that that factors into uh maybe some of uh what he is dealing with and trying to uh trying to be a leader on this team not only in uh from the neck up but uh as far as the play on the court
3: yeah i think it's fair i mean anytime you come in and your role drastically changes uh you have some adjustments to make and and you know he's just he's handled the ball more frequently uh, he's had to take more shots. he's had to create more shots. Uh, his game has really evolved in real time based on some of the struggles elsewhere on the floor for this team. Uh, it would be great if he were the third or fourth option on this team. that was I think the design coming in, but I don't know if that's going to be realistic for the rest of this season. It would require um, some some enhancements and some improvements from a couple of other guys. but you know I, I do think that, even though some of the, the turnovers have gone up, some of the misses have gone up, he's still such a net positive for this team. Uh, it would be great if you could – listen, he was always going to have to take a step up, right? He was always going to have to be more important to this team, even if everything had come together like we had expected. But the, the rate, the uh, significance of his enhancement, of his improvement, of his responsibilities – That has, I think, made things challenging for him. And he really has, you know, done a lot for this team. Um, But boy, if you could just take it down a, a, you know, a, a half a half rung, I think that would really allow him to to settle back into the to the role where he's comfortable, where he is seemingly at the right place at the right time at all times. Right.
2: And finally, you talk about things coming together as expected. I think it's it's pretty clear now. That it was an unrealistic expectation for the notion that okay, Caleb Houston and uh, Musa Diabate or whichever other uh, true freshman that you're wanting to plug in uh, was going to suddenly uh, negate all the uh, the loss from uh, Franz Wagner and Isaiah Livers. Uh, it it wasn't realistic. You're taking uh, guys that have not played college basketball before and plugging them in for a couple of NBA players. So I guess the question becomes, what's the readjustment in mindset, and, and what where can these guys get uh, this season? What What's important for them moving forward?
3: Consistency. Uh, Musa Diabate can make some incredible plays, uh, and then he has some issues, and he makes some mistakes. And, and, and I think that was kind of expected. Um but I, I think the fact that he's had to go and play thirty minutes a game at times that has been the the real challenge for him um, and it can get cleaned up I mean l- listen he's he's as physically gifted as a freshman as, as anyone we've seen in this program and, and I mean he's he's I mean he makes some plays where you you just you're wowed um but it's that consistency for him for for Caleb, you know obviously, He's got to get out of his slump, and, and I know that that's something he's working his tail off on. Um, he figured to be the guy who was going to have to hit the outside shots, uh, and he had that pedigree coming in, and, and it just hasn't played out for him this season so far. Um, what, I, what I do like about Caleb is that you saw in real time him make improvements and adjustments at Rutgers. That first half for him was a real struggle. He wasn't aggressive. He had that block layup that should have been something he went down strong with. Uh, and and it was, it was I think, one of his worst halves of the season. And then he came out in the second half. I know he didn't hit his shots, and that's where you, you get a fully formed Caleb Houston. But his aggressiveness, his assertiveness, his defense was really solid in that second half. And for him, in, in a hostile environment where, where things did not go well for the first 20 minutes, but he had to be out there. With, with Michigan's roster, he had to be there. Uh, I thought he made some improvements. There's still a long way to go, don't get me wrong. But the way that in that, in that what, 15-minute gap between halves, he, he really readjusted and went from a, a, a negative contributor to a positive contributor, that gives me hope. I mean, it's there. I think we all know that it's there. Um, but against big-time competition, he has largely struggled, especially shooting. Uh, and that has to turn around because you know I, I thought Musa was was kind of a luxury coming into the season and he's been thrust more into a, a real life responsibility for for the vast majority of the game. Caleb was always going to have to be good and it has not lived up to expectations but i I, I, I did see an improvement on Tuesday night and that has to continue because you know I, I think again if Michigan is to hold serve in that three-point battle on Saturday, I think he has to have a big game. And if he can have a big game against the Spartans to reset his season, that could be as big as any – I think Michigan has other options at every other position, except for center, but I'm not worried about Hunter. They have options at any other position except for at that three. Caleb has to be good. And if he can get some confidence, I think he more than anybody else could benefit from it.
2: All right. He's Brian Bush. He'll be bringing – Every bit of the action to you all weekend and then a huge mammoth week for Michigan basketball uh, starting tomorrow with uh, Michigan State and uh, rolling right through a, a tough week with Purdue and Illinois. Uh, Brian, thanks again for being with us. We'll be uh, listening in and uh, seeing how this all plays out.
0: All right, John. Thanks for having me.